Well, you may not know this, but we have 12 CCV campuses meeting all across the valley. That is right up until this weekend. And I hope someone can get crazy excited at our 12 campuses as we welcome this weekend, this weekend we launch our 13th CCV campus in central Scottsdale. Can we just give them a huge round of applause? So pumped at what's gonna happen there. Um, and I, I wanna just speak directly to those of you at Central Scottsdale right now. Um, we are so crazy excited about what God's gonna do on that part of our valley. And how that campus came about was really a miracle. And I just pray today, if you're new there, that you'd feel right at home. But I wanna challenge you to get invested in the life of that, that campus because I believe God wants to use your life to make a difference as all of us work together to reach our city for Jesus. But uh, we just wanna welcome Central Scottsdale. We're fired up about that. Well, as you heard, we're starting a brand new series this weekend. And um, it, was, it was last week that I got on a plane to go visit one of my uh, daughters who lives out of state right now. And I was flying Southwest Airlines. If you know Southwest Airlines, they have all the open seating. So you probably do what I do. When I get on the Southwest Airlines flight, I'm quickly like scanning the aisles, basically looking, who can I sit next to that doesn't look like a psychopathic ax murder, right? <laughs> Is that what you do? And so I'm scanning, and in the second row was a, about a 90-year-old woman who was sitting in the aisle, and the window seat was open, and I thought, she looks safe. So I, I sat there. And as I sat down next to her, she actually got wheeled on the plane in a wheelchair. She couldn't walk very well. So I kind of felt bad making her get up. But then I thought, well, maybe someone won't make her get up to sit in the middle seat. So I'm safe. You know? So I'm sitting in the, the window. We make small talk. She was so sweet. And we're kind of getting to know each other. And then right as the plane's going to take off, she looks at me. She like leans over and she goes, hey, do you know Jesus? And I was like, I said, I do. And she, her eyes got really big. She goes, you do? I said, I do. I'm actually a pastor. She goes, no way. She goes, good, because if you didn't know Jesus, I was going to help you find him. And she hands me this like track, and on the front of it, it says, ticket to heaven. She said, I gave one to the Muslim woman that wheeled me on the plane here. And so I, I took it, and I started looking at it. It was kind of like typical track. You know, it was like, if you died tonight, would you have a ticket to heaven? And then it kind of walked you through what, what Jesus did for all of us, right? And I was, you know, I, I read it on the plane and I was so convicted when we landed. I looked at her and I said, will you baptize me? Because I just want to be sure, you know? <laughs> I was kidding, I didn't do that, I didn't do that. But I'm, I'm, I'm certain, I'm certain of my eternity. But honestly, I, I thought two things when she gave that to me. One is I thought this, I love the boldness and the courage of someone that would want to share her faith like that. Like I really do. The second thing I thought is, is this. I thought, I wonder about the strategy um, of using this track. I wonder how effective that is in taking people that don't know Jesus and bridging the gap to them finding him. It, it kind of begs the question, you know, what is gonna help bridge the gap? In a world where so many people, so many people are far from God, so many people want nothing to do with God. So many people are so turned off by the church or other Christians today. What is gonna help us be bridge builders in a world that desperately needs Jesus? Did you know that the term bridge builder, like by definition, here's what it means. A bridge builder is just a person who attempts to connect or reconcile opposing parties. 
And I don't know if you've, you've realized this or not yet, but did you know, as a, if you're a Christian here today, your number one job in life is to be a bridge builder, to help people that don't know Jesus reconcile who he is and, and walk across that bridge to, to find out who he is and let Jesus transform their life. Did you know that? I wanna read you a verse that says it so clearly. And remember the word bridge builder, it's just to help reconcile two opposing parties. Remember the word reconcile. Watch this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 through 21. It says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. In other words, those of us that are Christians, like we're brand new. We know what God's done in our life. The old is gone, the new is here. And it says this in verse 18, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and watch this, he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. The word ministry in the Greek just means assignment. Some of us wonder, what's my assignment here on earth? Like, what's my purpose in life? You wanna know what your purpose is? Your assignment is to help people that don't know Jesus be reconciled and find out who he is. Verse goes on and says this, that God was reconciled in the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he's committed to us the ministry of, the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ, say it out loud, ambassadors. I love that term. You know how the U.S. has ambassadors to all these other countries? What's our assignment? We're an ambassador for Jesus to everyone around us. And I love the way the verse ends. It says this, as though God were making his appeal through who? Through us. How's God gonna win this world to Jesus? He wants to use us. We have to learn to be bridge builders. Earlier this year, uh, we did a message on prayer. Mark preached it, and we had people submit prayer requests. And you can always submit a prayer request. We have a prayer team that prays for them, but we really said, hey, that, that we can just submit all your prayer requests. We really wanna pray for these. And we had 1,300 prayer requests come in that weekend. And I want you to know, I read through almost every single one of those prayer requests, and I prayed for so many of them. Do you wanna know the number one prayer request in our church out of all 1,300 prayer requests? The number one prayer request was this, that someone that you loved, either a family member or a friend or spouse, would come to faith in Jesus. In other words, you want to be a bridge builder. Many of us feel the tension. We want so desperately for someone to find Jesus. But how do we become a good bridge builder? How do we do that? I think it's a very appropriate topic. As it's a series bridges, we're gonna lead up to Christmas. It's so appropriate this time of year because why did Jesus come at Christmas? To help reconcile us so that we could help go build bridges to others. That's it. And so what I wanna do is, is today, as we kick off the series, I wanna, I wanna talk about three ways to be a bridge builder. And the way I'm gonna do that is I'm gonna look at a very powerful passage of scripture in John chapter one, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, one of the gospels. And in John chapter one, what we see is we see three stories of three bridges that are built, people find Jesus, and I'm gonna show you three principles today of how you can become a really effective bridge builder with the people around you. John chapter one. Now, to set the context of, of this chapter, what's going on in John chapter one is that um, John the Baptist is at the Jordan River and he discovers who Jesus is. John starts following Jesus and what happens is there's a ripple effect of people that find Jesus after John finds Jesus and it just gives us these amazing principles on how to build a bridge. We're gonna pick up in uh, verse 35, it says this. It says, the next day, 
John was there again with, his two, with two of his disciples. I'm gonna pause you here because when it says John had two disciples, John didn't have just two disciples. At this point, John the Baptist had thousands of disciples. He had thousands of people following him. He would be what we call today an influencer. He'd have like millions of people on social media following him. Okay, he had thousands of people. He's just with these two specific disciples at this moment. And it says, when he saw Jesus passing by, he said this, look, look at that guy. Now here's what he's saying. The word look means you pay attention. You should be following that guy, not me. And I love this because what John's doing is John's using all of his influence to say it's not about me and my following. It's, I, I found the guy you should follow. Now watch the result. Next verse. It says, when the two disciples heard him say this, they what? They followed Jesus. And now just, this is very simple, but it's so profound. John the Baptist, all the people that were following John, his disciples at the time, who were they following? John. They were following John, and what John did is he used all of his influence to redirect people from following him and his. John's like, I'm not here to build my platform. I'm not here to build my brand. I'm not here to build more followers of me on social media. I'm here to point you to one person, Jesus. And that's what happened. In fact, later on, people start getting mad at John. They're like, John, you had a platform. You were an influencer. Now everybody's leaving you and going and following Jesus. His disciples are really mad at this, by the way. In John 3.30, he says something really, really powerful. It's very famous. John says, good, because he, Jesus, must get greater, and I should become a whole lot less. And when I read that, I, I think of this question. I think it's a convicting question for all of us. When you look at your life, is your influence and platform to make Jesus greater or to make you greater? And it's a convicting question in our day and age because we live in a selfie-centered world. And I'm just telling you, John's examples, he said, I wanna use all my influence, all my platform, everything about me to make me a whole lot less and Jesus a whole lot greater. You know, when when, uh, Mark Moore first started preaching at CCV, I remember being backstage with him and in the Bible he preaches with, I remember on, on, the, on the front of it, it was, it was written Mark 3.30, or sorry, John 3.30, and um, not Mark 3.30, so <laughs> John 3.30, and what I loved about that is, is Mark, every time he wants to take the stage, it's a reminder of him, to him that when he takes the stage, it's all about Jesus getting the glory, not him. And I want you to know that that's my goal, that's all of our goal at CCV is that You'd never be pointed to a person or a personality at this church. Because we're, we're, we're very fallible people, very sinful people. I mean, I, I, would, I, would, I would cringe to think that someone was, was here like, because you're following me. I'm, I'm nothing. And Jesus is everything. And that's what we want for you here is what we, we wanna use our influence to just help point you to Jesus. So the question is, how how are you doing that with that in your life? And the first thing we learn about being a great bridge builder is this. You must use all your influence to point people to Jesus, not yourself. And what someone's thinking here today is this. Well, I don't have that much influence. Wrong. You have a crazy amount of influence where God's placed you. You may have influence in your home, at your school, with your friend group, with your kids, with your family. Some of you have influence with the hobby 
and the people you're around. Some of you are on a sports field. Some of you are professional athletes here today. And God's given you a big platform. Some of you, what I love about CCV, we have so many business leaders in our church. If you are a leader in your business, you have incredible influence with the people all around you at your work. Some of you actually have a, a lot of followers on social media. And the question is, are you using your platform to build up Jesus or to build up yourself? I'm telling you, in a selfie-centered world, the most countercultural thing you could do is point people to Jesus and stop pointing people to you. This is how we become bridge builders. Now, that's what John does. He influenced um, people to go follow Jesus. And watch the impact. John 1.40, it says, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, he was one of the two people that was with John when he said, look, follow that guy. And what, what Andrew did is Andrew starts following Jesus. Now, watch, watch this, verse, 40, verse, verse 41. I want you to say what's underlined out loud. The what? First thing. The first thing Andrew did when he started following Jesus is he went and found his, his brother, Simon, who's, who's Peter. This is Peter. And he told him, we found him. We found him. You gotta come find him too. One pastor said it this way, found people, find people. Like if you've been, if, you know, when, when Andrew got found, he's immediately, the very first thing he did is he went and found his, his brother, Peter. And what did he do? He brought him to Jesus. So what we have to know is we want to be a bridge builder. The second thing we have to do is every day we have to make sharing Jesus our first priority. And when you think about your life, when you wake up in the morning, what priority is sharing Jesus in your life? Now, I'm not going to ask you a question I'm not going to wrestle with myself. And I'll just, I'll, I'll say this, that question haunts me. Because when, when I'm, now I'll say this, when I'm at CCV, when I'm here, when I'm working, my number one priority is sharing Jesus, period, always. But you understand when, when I walk outside work and I'm going about my daily life and all the busy things I have going on and all the stuff with, with family and errands and all this stuff going on, just life, I have life just like you, I would tell you very honestly, sharing Jesus is not my first priority all the time. It's just not. And it's not because I don't care about Jesus. It's not because I'm afraid or ashamed of him. It's just because my agenda gets in the way of God's agenda sometimes. And I'm so convicted because when I think about our world right now, I really believe more people are open to the message of Jesus because of what's happened in the last couple of years. More people are open to Jesus today than at any point in, the, in, in recent history. That's what I believe. Actually, our baptism numbers would show it here at CCV. This year, we will have more baptisms at CCV in 2022 than in the history of our church. More people are open to Jesus. Listen, there's a, there's a revival going on. People, here's what's going on. People are going like, I need Jesus. These last couple years showed me. You take away all the stuff I've been relying on. I'm empty. Now that's where people are at, but here's what I believe. I believe there's less people, because some of us got off track in our faith the last couple years, stopped coming to church, got, in, you know, got into some other stuff. Some of us are, are, are less interested in sharing Jesus than ever before, and yet people are more open to Jesus than ever before. It's like a cosmic divide. Jesus said it this way, that the fields are, are ripe and the workers are few. And so I've been saying, God, would you open my eyes to, to all the people around me that need Jesus? And I'm telling you, they're everywhere. 
My, I took my, da- my daughters, my, two of my daughters on a little dad-daughter date last month and someone had given us a gift card to Cheesecake Factory and we don't go there very often. We're at Cheesecake Factory and I'm looking at the menu. You, you remember when you go to Cheesecake Factory? The menu's like the Bible. <laughs> There's so, and I was so, I'm like, what do I order? So the, our server came. She was so sweet. Her name was Bree. And I said, Bree, help me out. Like, what would you, if you were sitting in my chair right now, what would you order? And she was helping us out and she was so sweet. She walked away and I said, girls, let's pray for Bree. Let's pray for her. Let's pray that God would like open a door and that we could just be Jesus to her. Well, at the end of our meal, um, we're talking to Bree and another server walked up to our table and he said, Bree, Bree, this is my pastor, my church CCV. And Bree said, oh, I, I kind of made the link. And he walked away and I looked at Bree and I said, oh, have you, have you come to CCV before? And here's what she did, she goes, ooh. So I thought maybe she'd come and had a really bad experience, so I said, Bree, say whatever you want, you're not gonna hurt my feelings. She said, no. I've actually never been to a church in my life. I was like, Bree, this is your invitation. She said, no, you don't understand the way I was raised. Like, I, I wouldn't fit. I would, I'm gonna even know I'd be welcome there. I said, Bree, I think you'd be crazy surprised and then I don't know why, but this just kind of came out of my mouth, that God gave it to me. I said, Bree, did you know our church is designed for people that have never been to church? And here's what she did. She got this look of just confusion on her face, and she said, I didn't even know churches like that existed. And it pierced my heart, because I thought, how many people in our world look at the church and think the church doesn't even exist for them. I told Bree, you come, and I'm telling you, I pray you have just the greatest experience. You feel at home. We we exist to remove barriers so you can just come and and feel comfortable and learn about Jesus. And and Bree, I don't know if you're here, but if you're here right now, I pray you feel at home. And I pray God begins to transform your life. In fact, if you're a non-Christian, if you're new to CCV, you're not a Christian right now, our church exists for people that don't know Jesus to come find out who he is. Do you understand that the church does not exist to be a country club for Christians? How dare do we ever, how do we ever like come to that conclusion? The church isn't a country club for Christians, it's a training center for everyone including those who are far from God. Now you come to CCV, all of us are gonna grow, but we have to make sure we remove barriers for people that don't know Jesus. On our, on our walls in our offices everywhere, every single office building at CCV, we have a core value, and here's what it says. Jesus' last command is our first priority. What's Jesus' last command? Hunker down as Christians and don't let anybody else in. No, what did he say? He said, I want you to go everywhere and make disciples, baptizing in the name of Jesus, teaching them everything. That has to be our priority. Now, how does that rank in your priority list in your life? Here's the thing. It's not that you don't care about it. Some of us just have fears. We'd say, well, if I was gonna share with someone, like, what would I even say? What if they had a question I didn't know the answer to? I'll, I'll help you with that right now. If someone asks you a question you don't answer to, here's what you tell them. That's, that, that's a great question. I don't know. Let's find out together. 
That's what I say. But I want to remind you of something today when it comes to sharing your faith. Jesus calls us to be his witness, not, not his attorney. So many of us think, well, I gotta know the whole entire Bible and every single question before I start talking to people about Jesus and my faith. That's just so backwards. Jesus doesn't need you to be his attorney. He calls you to be his witness. Acts 1.8, Jesus has just risen from the grave. He looks at all of his disciples and says, I want you to go out to everywhere and he says, well, I want you to be my witness. When a witness gets on the, the stand in a court of law, what's their job? Their job isn't to know every answer. Their job is just to tell their story. And your job is just to tell your story and to say, here's how Jesus has impacted my life. Here's what my, what my life was before Jesus. Here's what it's like after Jesus. And I'm just telling you, Jesus changes people's lives. Some of you would say, but uh, I just think we've overcomplicated evangelism. We've overcomplicated sharing our faith. When, listen, when Andrew wanted to build a bridge with Peter, what did, what did he do? Verse 42, I'm gonna remind you, he's, he just brought him to Jesus. He's brought him to Jesus. I'm sure he had questions. He's brought him to Jesus. One of your easiest ways to share your faith is just bring people to CCV. Just bring them here. We, our whole goal is that they experience Jesus. And some of you would say, but yeah, people are so skeptical of church. I get it. People are skeptical of church. They're skeptical right now. But right after this happens, you know, John bring, brings Andrew to Jesus, Andrew brings Peter to Jesus, and in the very next verse, we have the story start of a skeptic. Watch, watch this, John 1:43. the next day Jesus decided to leave Galilee. He, he finding Philip, he said to Philip, follow me. Philip starts following Jesus. Watch the first thing Philip does. Verse 45, Philip found Nathanael. The very first thing he did, found, found his friend Nathanael, said, come on, we found Jesus. He's from Nazareth, son of Joseph. Now watch Nathaniel's skepticism. Watch what he says, verse 46. Nazareth? <laughs> Nothing good can come from Nazareth. Now what's he saying? He's crazy skeptical. He's, I'm not going with you. Nazareth, Nazareth is a dump. I'm not coming to see this guy named Jesus. Give me a break. What's, what's Philip do? He doesn't say, okay, I guess I'll just start praying for him, which he should. I mean, you should pray for everyone. What's he say? Very next verse, he says this. Come and see. Those three words, I think, should drive our strategy for building bridges with people and just helping share our faith. What, what, what can you do? Just come and see. Just come and see. Just come check it out for yourself. Like, I know you have questions, but hey, just come check it out for yourself. Did you know our whole goal at CCV, from our music to our preaching to our kids and student ministries, the community, everything we do, is just for people to see Jesus. Just come and see. And I understand as your pastor that people have heard things about CCV. I mean, we're out there. People know about us in our city, right? They've heard things about CCV. I've heard that was a cult, right? I was in a restaurant one time and I had a CCV shirt on and someone saw it and they, couldn't they didn't know I was listening. I heard them and this guy's like, hey, psh, you see that guy's shirt, CCV? You know what that stands for? What? It stands for cash checker visa. That's what it stands for. <laughs> So I walked over and I was like, actually, that's not true. We, most people give online, so it's mostly Visa. People don't do cash or checks anymore, you know, so. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I didn't say that. I didn't say that, but it's like, you know, when people think that, you, under, you understand, you could be like, you could tell them, hey, they don't even pass an offering. We don't even, we, we, we talk about giving like once or twice, maybe a year, we don't even pass an offering. Yeah, but I don't think they preach out of the Bible. We do every single weekend. 
Yeah, their pastor has a girl's name. That is true. Okay, that is true. That is true. I don't know. There, there's always going to be skeptics. There's always going to be skeptics. So what was Philip's response? Just come and check it out. Just come and see. Three verses later, three verses later, verse 49, Nathanael declared, Jesus, you're the son of God. So he got in Jesus' presence. This blows me away. How does a guy go from like, no way, to like three verses later, you're the son of God? How does that even happen? He got in the presence of Jesus. I'm t- I just want you to know, our whole goal as a church, when you invite someone, is for people just to just experience the presence of Jesus. What changes people? Not me, not anybody else. What changes people is Jesus. And you get someone in the presence of Jesus, I'm telling you, he does miracles. So what's the third thing we have to do to be a bridge builder? Listen, keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Come and see. Invest and invite. Invest in someone, invite them. Just say, come and check it out. That's what I was trying to do with Bree. I just said, Bree, I know you probably, your upbringing, you probably have all these things you've heard about church. Just come and see. And what some of you are thinking is that that's what I've done. I've, 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 I've invited someone, they've come with me, but, but their life hasn't been transformed yet. And I just want you to understand that that one invitation you made may be doing more in someone's life than you could ever imagine. You may just not see it yet. See, when it, when it comes to building bridges, do you understand that, that normally what happens in, in building bridges with people and, and seeing people go from where they are to, to finding Jesus, it's normally more than one person or one experience that they, that they have interacting with Jesus. It's just, it's just more than one person. When you look at a bridge, it's, just, it's normally not one experience or one person. It can happen that way, Jesus can do that, but a lot of times it's multiple people. And I wanna tell you the story of, of, of one person in our church whose life has been transformed. I mean transformed. And I, I've, I've told you a little bit of her story in the past, but um, earlier this year, she was a 19-year-old Ukrainian refugee who because of the war came to America. Her name's Nika. And I asked Nika this past week, I said, Nika, you, you've been transformed by Jesus. Tell me the people that were the bridge builders in your life. And Nika just started telling me, she, she, she backed all the way up. She said, well, there's the, first, the first bridge builder in my life was my grandmother, Kate. And I said, well, Nika, send me some pictures so I can show the church. And so Nika sent me this picture of her grandmother, Kate, holding a cat. I thought that's very, that's very appropriate, all right? I get it, right? Cat people can... Are, God can use them too, or I get it, I get it. But Nika said, my grandmother Kate would, would read me Bible stories when I was young going to bed, and I got introduced to Jesus. Nika said later on, it was, it was my mom, Lena. She called her sweet Lena. Said Lena started, her, Nika's mom started bringing her to church in the Ukraine, and she started learning more about Jesus, but what happened is, is Nika's parents got this really, really nasty divorce. And Nika kind of walked away from everything. We're on the phone, Jesus said, Ashley, I was so lost. I was so lost. Nika had no idea how God was gonna bring her back home. He did it through a war. 
Nika's in the Ukraine, she's in Kiev, she's in her house, a missile, Russian missile hits next to her house, blows their windows out, luckily they're saved. Nika's mom, Lena, so afraid, puts Nika on a train from the Kiev to Germany. She gets on a plane from Germany to Paris, from Paris to Mexico City. She gets on a bus from Mexico City and goes to Tijuana, all alone. She showed me a picture backstage. I said, do you have a suitcase? She had a backpack, that's it. 19 years old, all alone. She had a family in Phoenix that knew her family and she calls them kind of their godmothers. It's a, a woman named Julia and her family and they, they, they picked Nika up at the border and brought her to their home here in Phoenix. Earlier this year on Mother's Day, um, they brought Nika to CCV. They invited her to CCV, just come and see, come and see. Nika shows up, Jamie was teaching that weekend and Jamie talked about how she learned Russian and, Russian and she was in Russia for a while and Nika knows Russia, Russian so after the service they saw us eating and they came up and introduced Nika to us. And something about Nika's story just captured our heart. So we wanted to build a bridge. So we invited Nika over to our house that week. This is a picture of when Nika was over at our house, the first time we ever got to have her over, and we just started building bridges. And at the end of that night, I'll never, I'll never forget, like looking at Nika, and I said, Nika, God has you here for a reason, a very specific reason, and he's gonna move big in your life. And she says, I wanna believe that. I wanted her to get connected with some women in our church, so later that week, I got her connected with, with a few women, just godly women, and Cecilia, and Carissa, and Amanda, and Selena, and they just started building bridges, and they just said, Nika, come and see, come and see, come and see. She's kept coming. August 27th of this year, Nika gave her life fully to Jesus. She's one of those baptisms this year, and her life was transformed. Now look, it took multiple people, multiple bridge builders. The story gets even better. When we had Nika over for, for dinner, I asked Nika, I said, man, what, what do you miss the most about home? And almost with tears in her eyes, she said, I, I just miss school. She just went to university in Ukraine, but when the war started, they closed it down, and when she left, she had no papers. She's in the United States. She says, I don't know if I'll ever be able to go to, to university again. I just wanna go to school. So we started making some calls to our friends over at Grand Canyon University, and uh, one of their vice presidents, Dana Drew, who's the, the wife of the basketball coach, um, she's, she really helped us out, and CCV, because of your generosity giving to our Ukraine fund, we got Nika enrolled at GCU, and we are paying 100% for her school. She's at GCU right now. Like right now, she's at GCU. Now listen, now check this out. Now the family Nika was staying with, Nika was in her room, but when we paid for her to go to GCU, that opened up a room, and now Nika's mom got to fly over, and she's now living with that family as well, Lena. Someone even gave Nika a car. They donated a car to her in our church. And I told Nika, you know, you're at GCU. You have a car now. That means you're gonna be a bridge builder for other people. Why? Because when you find Jesus, your number one priority has to be to help other people find him as well. And so I just wanna ask, as we lead up to Christmas this year, what can you do to be a bridge builder this Christmas? You know, Christmas is one of the easiest invites of the whole entire year, and if you've never been to a Christmas at CCV, man, the whole service is designed to just point people to Jesus. It's one of your easiest invites of the year, and 
Our team has put together these really, really nice invite cards. On the back is a QR code that has the service times for every single campus. We have over 100 Christmas services across all 13 of our campuses um, this year. There's so many opportunities. And I'm gonna challenge you to just grab a ton of these on your way out today. And my challenge is I want you to invite at least 10 people with you to Christmas this year. Some of you, that'll be a stretch. Some of you, that'll be easy. Some of you will need to do 50, 100. I don't know, I don't know. Just, just what do I want you to do? I want you to do what, what we talked about today from John chapter one. What is that? Wherever you have influence, use your influence to invite someone. And number two, just make it a priority. Like make it be your first priority. And number three, just be bold. And don't overcomplicate it. Just say, just come and see. Come with me to Christmas. I'd love to invite you to Christmas. And if we would all do that, I believe God could move this Christmas like never before in our city that desperately needs Jesus. And today, to close out our service, to just pray for all of us, I wanna introduce you to Nika. Would you give her a, a big round of applause? Come on out. Thanks for, thanks for sharing your story. When, when you look at that, look at that. What do, you, what, do you, what do you think about? I'm just so grateful to all these people who helped me in developing my faith in God and without them, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be staying here. I just, I'm so grateful yeah. that I found myself in this faith and I following God and I love that. And I'm, I just appreciate it. Yeah. I love it, I love it. Uh, you know, when, you, when you're around her, her joy, like, you ever wanna know what it's like when God changes somebody? It's like you see it. And so I just asked Nika, I said, would you be so bold to come and pray for us, like our church? Pray that we would be those kind of bridge builders with the people around us that really need Jesus. So would, would you pray to close us out? All right. God, Father, we thank you so much for everyone who came here today, who shares the same faith with us. God, we're so thankful for everything you've done to us in our lives, for everything you put us through to make us stronger, to make us closer to you. God, I pray for all these people and I pray for those who are still looking for their face. God, please guide them, help them find their pathway to you, to you, God, to you and your goodness. Help them find peace, love, in you and your goodness, you know you're good, you're so good. We're so thankful, God. Please put your Holy Spirit within them so they can come to Jesus and open up their hearts to Him. We love you, Lord. We need you today, every day. We're so thankful that you hear our prayers and you do all these miracles what only you can do in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Wow, wow, thank you. Hey, hey, let's go out and be bridge builders. Have a great week, CCB, thank you. That's good, thank you.